Amen. Okay. Gary, I'm going to take this thing closer to my mouth. Are you ready? Okay. Cool. Good morning, guys. Um, yeah, it's such a privilege for me to share this word. Um, <laughs> this, this word that I feel on my heart for you guys is actually a word that's been coming a long time. So Roland asked me to preach this about, was it a month or two months ago? And then he kept on postponing it. And in that postponement, the Lord killed something in me as well. And then there was one, there were one um, Sunday where I stood here worshiping and Roland came to me in worship and he said, okay, that word, you are going to preach it the next Sunday, no matter what. His words was, no matter what. And then the Thursday, he phoned me or he, he sent me a voice message. He said, uh, Andrew Selly is coming to preach. That Sunday, and I reminded him of the no matter what. But now I said, that by all means, if Andrew Selly comes in, he comes like once in three years or something. So, um, yeah. For those of you who don't know me, I see a few new faces, unfamiliar faces. My name is Johandre in Afrikaans, not Johandre. Um, always, I always feel awkward when I have to introduce myself in English because I don't know what to do with the R. Um, you guys must help me, please. Um, I am very, very Afrikaans, and I grew up in this area, and when I grew up in this area, this area was a lot more Afrikaans than what it is now, so I'm not completely sure what's happening, but <laughs> yeah, and I think it's the, the, the southern suburbs people that think that the northern suburbs are better. All right, cool, let's, let's, uh, let's start with prayer this morning. Yeah, Father, such a privilege just to... Um, be in your house this morning and um, be together. Father, you say in your word that we should not neglect the gathering of the saints and to build each other up in love. Um, and, oh, Father, we need, we need constantly to be built up, Father God. We constantly need to be built up, Father God. Yeah, so come help us this morning, Father. Help us to uh, accept this word, Father God. This is not my words. This is your words, Father God. And I pray, Lord God, let, let me, let your Andre not come in the way of this message in Jesus' name. Amen. Right. How are you? Is a question that we usually ask and we don't care about the outcome or the response of that question. Am I, am I right? If I see Lane, see, hey Lane, how's it? Lane's like, oh no, it's nice to see you. Don't even, I don't even let him speak. <laughs> so we're so used to that question, and we often ask that question, and I myself, I'm very, very, very guilty of that. Um, usually it's because I'm awkward around people, like being with people isn't my, my default. Um, I love people, but it's just I'm awkward around people. And, uh, and so when I ask a person, how are you, I'm so like... Oh, awkward that I actually forget to listen to the response. Um, so I'm guilty of that, and the Lord is working uh, in me. But um, a while ago, we, we read through the New Testament in 90 days, and I kind of followed with them, although I had to catch up a few days um, at re, uh, very often. And, um, but then I got stuck at Colossians, and I actually like heard the Lord said, but I must make a little bit of a study of, of Colossians and kind of write out the um, or, or series of preachers just for myself, not to actually preach, but just for myself uh, as, as a study. And then 
in the beginning of, it's actually in Colossians 1 verse 2, where it says to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. And so, in, I checked it up, in every single letter of Paul, he, he uses that phrase, grace to you and peace from God our Father. And that is like Paul's house it. So we kind of skip over it. You know that, how, how, how are you, and we don't care about. So when we t- take, I'm guilty of it, when I take a Bible, I kind of start after that. I, I never, like, grace to you and peace from our God, from God our Father. I, I don't, we don't really care about that part. We want to get to the good stuff. And, um, and so Paul uses this in every single letter, every single letter. There's only one letter that is a little bit different, and that is Paul's letter to Timothy, where he says, grace uh, to you and peace, and then he adds the word mercy, because <laughs> Timothy needed a lot of mercy. That was a letter to, to an individual. Um, and so Paul usually introduces himself. He makes mention of why he writes it. He tells us something, or he reveals something about the audience to whom he is writing, and then he uses this phrase, Grace to you and peace from our God and Father. Uh, our God, uh, sorry, grace to you and peace from our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So this may differ, but grace and peace are the two main words. And, um, and this morning, I would like to unpack those two words. What does he actually mean? Because Paul, Paul won't waste space on his paper, however it looked. He would actually, Paul's very intentional about everything that he writes. Especially if you take a letter like Colossians. Man, um, you, can, you, can, you can get stuck for an hour on two verses. Um, I remember I, I did a study on Romans, on the book of Romans last year. You will remember I preached a lot and spoke a lot about it. Um, and then so I had to, to read, a, yo, it was like a commentary like, like this. And it took me a long time. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to use, I'm going to watch uh, YouTube clips um, of a guy named Stephen Lawson. <laughs> and so Stephen Lawson has a hour teaching literally on two verses. So that didn't help me to watch the clips. It actually took me longer to watch the teaching. So I ended up reading again. It was quicker. So Paul is very specific. So I would like to, this morning, unpack those words for us. Um, so just as an introduction, the grace word, a uh, few fun facts, the word grace is mentioned 131 times in the Bible, 124 times in the New Testament, and Paul uses this word 86 times of the 131. Fun fact for those of you who, who came. <laughs> the the word grace in, 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 in the Greek language is, and I hope I pronounce it correct, it's charis. That has different nuances and meanings. Joy, pleasure, delight, reward, goodwill, loving kindness, favor, um, and also the spiritual condition that we as Christians are governed by. And so we see that the first meaning of the word grace is actually a condition. It is something that we live under. We are free from sin. Why? Because of the grace of God. And so the meaning of the word grace actually means undeserved favor. We deserve death. We deserve punishment. We got grace. And I'll unpack that further. 
The word peace, and the best way to describe what peace means, is actually to look at the opposite of the word peace. And that is war, turmoil, conflict, distress, irritation. Like some of the Bulls supporters last night with the referee. Strain, torment, tension, pandemonium. Your big word, eh? Uproar. So the opposite of peace is a very, like a hopeless, hopeless place. And we all were there before we came to Christ. We all were in that, in that war, that conflict with God. And now that we are saved, we have committed our life to Jesus, the Spirit of God lives inside of us. Now, only then we can have peace with God. And that word peace is actually... I would like to define it as harmony with God, to be one with God, to, to go back to how it was supposed to be when we were created. All right. So, but before I'll, I'll get to the word peace, I'm first going to look at the word grace. And uh, we find two distinct meanings of the word grace in the Bible. And the first one is the one that I mentioned. It's undeserved favor. And so there you can put on Romans 3 verse 20. It says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Is there a next part? Oh, sorry. I'm very sorry. It was actually Romans 3, 23 and 24. So it says, Romans 3 verse 23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then verse 24 says, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption of, uh, that came by Christ Jesus. So we see that we all sinned, we all fell short of the glory, but, oh, you are very good, but the grace of God, um, we, we were justified, we were made right by the grace of God. Um, that word redemption means that we are bought with a price, and we don't deserve it. Uh, we don't deserve it, and that, that therefore it is grace. Romans 5 verse 17 says, For by the trespasses of one man, death reigned through that one man. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and His gift of righteousness reign in life through that one man, Jesus Christ. And Romans 11 verse 5 says, So too at the present time there is a remnant chosen by grace. And if by grace, then it cannot be based on works. So that is a reminder that you can live the most perfect, most moral life. You will not get into heaven because it's only by the grace of God when we accept the grace. So we, we've often heard that grace is a gift. And so if somebody hands you a gift, you have an option. Do I take it or do I not take it? And that is what grace is. Do we take it or do, or we, or do we reject it? So grace... Is free. You cannot work for it. You cannot earn it. It is a condition that we as Christians live under. And grace goes further than just our salvation. And I love a few Sundays ago, Penny um, shared a testimony of how even the breath in our lungs are given by God and how we take it for granted. But you wake up this morning and there's breath in your lungs. And that is not, you don't deserve that breath. Like, we, I myself, do stupid things. I mistreat my children. I'm not always the great, the best husband. And so sometimes, like, the Lord is, like, very gracious. Like, Your Honor, I'm going to kill you in your sleep now because you just suck. 
as a person and your children will be better off without you. And, and I, sometimes I do that and I, then I have to repent. Um, but I often think like, yo, eh? thank you, Lord, for waking me up. Thank you that I'm actually able to go back and say, Clara, Anita, whatever, I'm sorry for, for, for the way I treated you. Um, and so that is grace. Every single possession that we have is grace. The car that you drove in this morning, it's grace. The job that you have, that's grace. Your finances, it's grace. Um, your talents, hey, Tian, you can't play that guitar on your own ability. It's God that gave you that. You don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. You are a, the Bible says, the, <laughs> someone over the weekend mentioned it, says we, we weren't just bystanders. In the Bible, in Romans, we are called enemies of God. Like enemies. Think of your enemy. Like Red Bull. That's the last Formula One joke. I promised myself I won't do it. So, for me, Blue Bulls. Like enemy. Like, I don't care if they lost last night. Like, it makes me happy that they lost last night. All right? But, so we were in that. God, we were our enemy. We were God's enemies. The fact that you are sitting here this morning is grace. I got a revelation a few, a few weeks ago. I drove up to Beaufort, Beaufort West. And in the car, I was alone. So I had a lot of time to think. It's five hours. And I got this revelation where, where I just realized, but what keeps the enemy from killing me right now? I have two daughters that need a father. I have a wife, and she won't be able to get a better husband than me. Um, I'm, a, I'm an elder, so the Lord uses me to minister to people, to pray for people, to shepherd people. I'm also a youth pastor, and so I used to train and, and impart something of God into the next generation. So absolutely, 100%, the enemy wants to kill me right now as I. And, it, and it's not that difficult. Eh? We, hear of, we hear of a lot of accidents on road. Like just one truck, dri truck driver that just fell asleep and, he, and, and I'm gone. And so I got this revelation that the only thing that keeps me alive on this road is the grace of God. It's God that says, no, you won't take him. Not now. And how awesome is that? And that, that, that like makes you think like, no, Lord, I'm not going to exceed the speed limit. I'm not going to overtake this truck here on a corner that I can't see. I'm, I'm not going to. Deuteronomy 6, 16 says, do not test. Do not test. Uh, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. I'm not going to test God's grace by driving 160, 180 kilometers an hour. The fact that I'm just within the speed limit staying alive is, is grace. Yeah, I don't know about you, but when I, when I think of stuff like this, if I, think, if, I, if I consider grace like that, that causes me to worship. It's like, Lord, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this. I, I've shared this before. I stood last year, this time I we went on holiday, and I stood there on um, Chapman's Peak. It's a Chapman's Peak drive, the one that constantly closed because of... And everyone, when you stand at Chapman's Peak, you, you, you tend to you watch over the sea, and it's just see mass that is in front of you and you kind of like in awe of that and then I, I stood there and I actually heard the Lord say but turn around and when I turned around there was this massive 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 rock and I 
Like for me, at that moment, the Lord just dropped in my heart how inferior I am, how insignificant I am. I mean, look at this, this thing. If this thing is to fall on me, like there won't just be a little reminder of me left, nothing else. And we constantly, we think we are so like, how much are we, we everything, eh? and we are. But because, because, God's, because of God's grace, nothing else, nothing else. All right. The next thing that is actually also grace, and this may be a big one to understand, and I'm not going to, I can do a whole preach on this, but even our suffering is grace. In James 1 verse 2 to 4, it says, Count it all joy, brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Huh? Who is it lacquer to suffer? It's not lacquer. Huh? It's not lacquer. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, nothing, uh, lacking in nothing. Who wants to be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing? Vince, do you want to be perfect and complete? Everyone wants to be perfect and complete, all right? You don't seem too sure about it, Vince. <laughs> Everyone wants to be perfect and complete. But if we want to be perfect and complete, we need to count it all joy. Thank you, man. We need to count it all joy when we meet trials of various kinds. It's like a, you can't be just perfect, lacking in nothing. We need to go through the suffering. And that suffering is grace. God allows us to go through certain amounts of suffering. Um, and actually to build something in us, to do something in us. And that is also the grace. And that is the reason why we need the church. Because it's not lacquer to suffer alone. Hey? If you're alone and it's, it's we can, like, like, I always think of a, so for me when I played sport, I was not the individual sport guy. I know Lane was the, the running alone. And I don't know about you, Lane, but like if you have that, if you like, train for me it's much much easier to train in team and so when i go through a, a trial or a suffering um i would like to do it with people like we're all suffering now so like like kind of builds us up the suffering but when you're in an individual sport you just you suffer on your own it's very difficult actually lane you can testify it's difficult to actually stay there at the on, on the track it's much easier i will much easier go for a run if i know somebody's waiting for me Nobody's waiting for me. I'm waking up. My alarm goes off. I'm like, ah, tomorrow, tomorrow morning. <laughs> but if I know somebody's waiting there for me, it's much easier to go through that trial and suffering. Uh, Hebrews 10, verse 24, 25 says, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I don't know about you guys, but if we look at the world, the world is going crazy. This world is going super crazy. And I can, and I almost want to put it out there, that we are returning to the day, even in our lifetimes, where it will be like the first century Christians. If they didn't have each other, if they, were just, if they, if they weren't like a close-knitted community, they would have been devoured. And, um, and so I believe that we, we, need to be, we need to be friends in church. Like every meeting doesn't have to be 
doesn't ha doesn't need to have have to need what is it an agenda we can just be together we can just pray together because in doing that we're establishing relationships we're growing together we become knitted together and if the time comes hopefully jesus please come and return before that time but if that time comes where the world hates us and we are not allowed to partake in the marketplace we are not allowed to whatever then we have each other and lane can train us if we're not allowed to go to the gym and donnie can support us by providing clothes for us and so i can go through all of you and we will need each other so i want to i want to just leave something this is not part of my preach but i just want to drop something in your hearts if if coming to church empties your cup more than filling it you're doing church wrong maybe you should once in a while say lindy i'm sorry i can't play guitar i just want to sit it's good to serve but if we serve all the time then it becomes a burden we start doing it wrong so check yourself check yourself and um and so I, I, there's a lot of people that comes to me and says yeah but we, we're tired we're taking the weekend off and that's awesome please do please go away please spend time we, ha we need to do it but if you feel the urge like i want to do it whenever i'm not on duty then then there's maybe a problem um you can come speak to me afterwards if you if you disagree or if you want to know more all right so the next the, the 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 second meaning of grace is a one that i find interesting because you read scriptures like 1 corinthians 15 verse 10 it says by the grace of god i am what i am and 1 corinthians 12 verse 9 says my uh, but he said to me my grace is sufficient is that not that okay i'm going to read it yeah um, okay, I, I'm not, Tian, will you check for me where the scripture is? Maybe I have it wrong. Um, it says, it's in the Bible, I promise you. <laughs> but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Is that 2 Corinthians? Sorry, not 1 Corinthians. Yes, amen, I'm throwing you under the bus here a lot. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9, I'm sorry guys. I'm going to read it again. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And I said, now, huh? what is that? Like now grace have a different meaning. Grace is not just, just anymore the undeserved favor. John Piper calls this type of grace a power of living. I call it, this is our superpower as Christians. Like we have a superpower. Like you are just an ordinary guy, dead in your sin, and then you became alive. And the Spirit of God lives inside of you. And then you actually get a superpower. Huh? Who, how cool is that? I have a superpower. And that superpower is the grace of God that is inside me. It is what equips us and enables us to work, to suffer, and to obey God. Before we were saved, before we were justified, we weren't able to please God. To obey God, to work for God, to suffer for God. We weren't able to do it. And this is the this is the part where it kind of for me I, I got a 
a great revelation on this a few weeks ago. This grace that is in us has absolutely no regard for your giftings, your talents, your age, your inclinations, your personalities, your abilities, or your comfort zone. It doesn't care about that. It is grace that enabled ordinary, super ordinary fishermen to preach a message and 3,000 people get saved. It is grace that enabled a guy that stutters to lead a whole nation out of Egypt and actually part the Red Sea. It is grace that enabled an ordinary shepherd boy playing the harp to become the king of Israel. It is grace that transformed a murderer and allows him or through him writes more than half of the New Testament. That is grace. So I have my own little story of this. Thank you, Anita. <laughs> I need to discipline my daughter after church. You must be quiet when a father preaches. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so, so a couple of weeks ago, um, probably now a couple of months ago, we as a, as a youth group came together, and I've shared this story. Some of you have heard this story. But uh, as a youth leadership, we came together and we kind of we just prayed over the youth. And Justine brought a word. And, uh, and I can't remember what the, what the word is. But so for me, some of you guys know me. I'm not, a very extra, I'm not an extrovert. I'm not a very outgoing person. Um, I, I said earlier, I'm kind of awkward around people. Um, and there's, there's many reasons for that. Personality one. Also, the wounds that is in me and what I gave myself into. When I, when I wasn't saved. Um, so I'm actually like an a awkward, awkward type of guy. And like I'm not a youthy type of guy. So if I think of a youth type of guy, I think of somebody like Jared or Lane, definitely. Um, but it's like, so for me, it doesn't, it's hard work for me. Like youth don't cling to me. They don't find me super cool. Um, and, so, and so my, yeah, Danny, I know. Yeah. Um, and so, so my thoughts were, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll lay my life down, I'll lead this youth group, but, but Lord, please train up somebody else. Please get somebody else. The, the solution to taking this youth thing of Brackenfell forward is somebody like a Jared that's just out there, you know him, like it's kind of just chill, Jared. Um, and he's not just, I can pick on him. Um, and so, so my thoughts were like, I wanted to go at the, at the next elders meeting. I would wanted to say, Roland and Patty, like, can, can, can we train somebody else? We need somebody else. I'm not going to, I'm not the solution for youth. And then when Justine brought that word, I was super convicted. Because this is what the Lord told me. He said, I didn't appoint you to be the youth pastor because of your giftings. I appointed you because I need you for the job. And you're like, I'm like, Aina. Okay. I'm sorry, Lord, that I placed my personality, my whatever, in the way of what you can do through me. And look, to be quite honest, and, and, and I'm actually preaching this to myself, it's actually super prideful to think that the Lord can't do something through you because you have certain inclinations or a certain personality type or whatever. The Lord can use anyone. The Lord can use fishermen. They were like the most uneducated. 
of the day. If God can use them to, to preach a message and 3,000, I never preached a message and 3,000 people got saved and I have a university degree. So if God can use ordinary people without education, then he can certainly use you in whatever area he wants to use you. My grace is sufficient for you. And I love this next part. It says, in your weakness, my power is made perfect. The reason why me and my wife are still married is the grace of God. Because we are both broken. I'm super selfish. She's very selfish. Not that selfish, but she's also selfish. And the fact that we are married is the grace of God. In our weakness, God's power is made perfect. I remember I prayed that evening, and as I, as I prayed, or somebody else was praying, and in my mind I was praying, and I said, Lord, I have no idea what I'm doing with this youth group. I have no idea how to do this. And then the Lord responded, and he said, that is exactly where I want you to be. Because now you are not coming in the way of what I want to do with this youth. That means you depended on me. And so the best that I can do is, Lord, I don't know how. I don't know what works. But yes, Lord, I will lead this youth group to the best of my ability. It's not that easy. This weekend I got another few clubs by the Lord of other stuff <laughs> regarding the youth. Um, but it's good. The Lord, um, I think we should never, we should never be in a place where, where there's no conviction. We always need to be convicted. Because I've realized this weekend that if we are in, in any area one degree off, nobody will, will notice it now. But in five years' time, we will be there instead of there. And so we need, I think it's, it's David that says, search my heart. Search my heart, Lord. So we need to be people that every morning we're like, Lord, what is in me that's off? That is just even a half a degree out. And we need to actually ask people around us, Donnie, how am I doing in this? Angelique, how, when, I, when, you, when you observe me with my children, what do you see? Do you see anything? And we need to be people that are longing for conviction. Remember, this is a whole nother preach. But remember, there's no condemnation. Romans 8 says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. But there's conviction. And David says, the, the rod of the Lord comforts me. It's a beautiful thing. I've been convicted so many times. And every single time I'm like, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you count me worthy of actually telling me that. Huh? I, I had a father when I grew up. My father were like, there was just condemnation there. And so there, there were never a thing of, my son, you are doing this thing wrong. In the long run, you will get a hiding. He waited for me on that side. He waited until I did it wrong, and then it was... And that's condemnation. God actually... I, I always think of it like this. If, if God stops convicting us, like for me, conviction is, is a, a sign of love. Because he cares about me. He wants me to be perfect, lacking in nothing. James 1. Alright, so the next word is the word peace. 
Alright, and we all lived outside of peace before we, we got saved. Um, I'll, I don't know about you guys, but my life was a mess before I came to Christ. I was in a, in a very hopeless situation. And so the weekend, I, I, there was a preach um, by one of the, one of the guys that... Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. There was a there was a, uh, a sermon by one of the guys. He he used the, the illustration of he says some people comes to Christ wrong, and so they come to church, they experience, they raise their hand, we we note it, we let Andrew or Kim know that they were four salvations this morning but he said many often or very often we we raise the question jesus loves you we say jesus loves you who want to respond to jesus loves you and then people's like yeah oh that that sounds like a yeah i'll raise my hand and then we think they are saved but it's not through that that we come to salvation it is actually through repentance repentance means i'm doing it this way make a mess of it i'm in a hopeless situation i repent i turn around and i do it god's way that is what repentance means and so very often and i'm guys please don't judge me for this but when somebody sends a message on a prayer group pray for my nephew for a job and he's not saved i'm like lord would heap up the calamity so that he will be in a hopeless place so that he knows that he needs you and i'm not i'm not i I want the best for that guy but i know the best for that guy is actually to be with christ no point in andrew usually said no point in in sending somebody to hell with a full tummy (laughs) like we need we can help them but we we actually there's something more important there's souls okay So peace with God means reconciliation with God, being reconciled with God. It means harmony. And when Paul says, peace, uh, grace to you and peace from from God the Father, he actually wishes for more and more and more harmony. So there's a, we usually joke about this in Josh Jane, we say, oh, Tian, just Lord, take Tian in the more. And then we can't, what is the more? But I believe the more is in more and more harmony with God. Because this is something that we grow in. You're not today saved, tomorrow you're in perfect harmony with God. We are actually learning uh, and growing in, in that harmony. Ever since the day that we submit our lives to the Lord, the harmony between us and God is on the mend. And guys... Being in perfect harmony with God means a heck a lot, a heck of a lot of faith. And that is not easy. Because our default setting is we want to do it, we want to do it on our own. So I have a demonstration. I actually asked Luke and Lindy to do it, but they are not here. And so I've uh, picked new volunteers, and Tian doesn't even know about it. And his wife threw him under the bus, so you can sort that out after service. But can you guys come forward? So uh, uh, a demonstration of harmony would be, and Tian, this please, your wife has a condition. This is, this is all on you now. <laughs> okay. 
So, when I, can you dance? Can you be get Dave's kid? Okay. <laughs> okay, so, so when a couple dances, who normally leads the dance? The guy. Eh? Okay, so can, can, you, can you lead the dance? Okay, so can you? Okay. So, so. <laughs> okay, so there's no music, it's awkward. And they can dance. And Corlea trusts him to lead her. And, and Tian, okay, you guys can stop. Tian, this. No, 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 don't go sit. No, 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 not that. So there's, a, um, there's something that Corlea uh, told me. There's something that you can do. I don't know if it's like a something. Corlea, do you? Oh. Okay, so just, just, you don't have to do it. Just explain it. It's a very intricate move that looks like the guy just drops you by the neck. But the girl actually also holds him. But it's like a whole process to get to that thing. And unfortunately, he always forgets like halfway through what to do. And then he becomes like deer in the headlight kind of vibe. So, yeah. But it looks really amazing on the dance floor. Okay. And um, you guys can say thank you. And, and so, Kurlia, that whole move, that neck drop, it's, for me, it sounds dangerous. If you dance with any random guy at a wedding, maybe a cousin or an uncle or something, will you, uh, will you want that person to do that neck drop thing with you? Why do you allow Tian to do that neck drop thing with you? Because you trust him. All right. So harmony with God is like a dance. When, when me and my wife got together the first time, when we danced for the first time, it was awkward. It wasn't as lacquer as we enjoy it now. Because we didn't, we didn't know each other. We didn't know each other's styles. We didn't completely trust each other. And Ita was dancing like this. Like, not stepping on, so check that I don't step on her toes. But now when we dance, we actually enjoy it. Why? Because she can trust me. And Korlia allows Tian to do the neck drop thing because she trusts him. So, so when we're in peace, when we're in harmony with God, it actually means that we are dancing with Him. And we need to learn how to trust God completely. And that is what harmony is, to trust God completely, to be one with God, to know that He will never let us fall. So I, I have this picture recently in my head of me and God dancing on a, like a cliff, on a, the edge of a cliff. And sometimes it feels to me like God takes me too close to that edge. Sometimes it feels even like God swings me around and lifts my feet off the ground and, and, and I'm actually off that cliff. And God will do that sometimes with us, but He will never let us fall. He will never let us fall. I've, I've let a girl fall once. I did. Slain, stop laughing. But God will never let us fall. Polycarp. Polycarp was one of the first century, can't remember when he was, but he was a, he was in a, a part of the, a, a, he was a martyr in the first century, I think, um, or the second century maybe. And he, he got captured. He got arrested. And um, they, they, they said to him, listen, you're, you're an old guy. You're an old guy. Just renounce Jesus and we'll leave you alone. And his response was this. 
For 86 years, my God has been faithful to me. How can I blaspheme him now? And so for me, that is just a beautiful picture of we need to trust God. We need to give over to God. Josh Jen's slogan is dying to live. What does that mean? It means, God, I'm going to stop trying to do this thing on my own. Will that dance look nice if Cordelia also wants to lead the dance? Will there be, there will be, it won't look lacquer. It will look awkward. It will, won't be as smooth. It won't look like they actually can dance. Um, so we need to trust God completely. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Dancing with God, allowing Him to take you close to the edge, requires a lot of faith. Luckily and fortunately for us, God is very, very patient with us. Very patient with us. So, what am I saying? Basically three things. All these words come down to three things. Every single thing that we have is due to God's grace. Your job, your finances, your talents. And we need to steward that well. We need to steward that well. That is why we have a stewardship teaching. It's not to preach before the preach. It's actually to, on a practical way, teach you how to steward what God has given you well. If I give Clara, if I buy her a hamster for her birthday, and, uh, and I entrust her to take care of the hamster, and she stops feeding the hamster, then I'm going to give the hamster away. And so God can sometimes... If we're not stewarding something well, he can take it away from us. He can say, no, I'm not trusting you with this thing anymore. You can't look after it. The next thing, grace is not only what we have. It is also our superpower. Not because we are cool. It is but because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. It's the Holy Spirit that enables us regardless of our abilities or our talents. And the last thing, and uh, Tian, you can make your way to the front. The last thing is, our greatest purpose in life, our one objection in life, or not objection, objective in life, is to dance, a dance with God, where we are in perfect harmony with Him. And that requires faith. That requires trust. That requires that when we go through suffering, that we actually believe that God is doing something in me now. God is taking my, my feet off the ground. It's scary. It's super scary. But I'm going to trust Him and I'm going to hold on to Him. So I want you to close your eyes. I want you to consider the following. Do you trust God? How, how, does your, how does your dance with God look at the moment? Remember I said God is super patient with us. Much more patient than I am as a pastor or Donnie. Donnie's pretty patient with people. How does your dance look with God? You know this this. There's stuff that you can do to improve your dance. Uh, I said your dance is 
the harmony with God requires faith. And there's something that, that stuff that you can do to enhance that, that faith, to build up your faith. The Bible says build up your faith. I'm just going to run through these four things quickly. But I want you not to just listen. I want you to actually think, like, how am I doing in this area? And so the one is, do you meditate on the word day and night? Maybe not. Like, I don't read the Bible mornings and evenings, but there's a, a portion of my day where I just read the Bible. If we, if we, if we read, the, if we educate ourselves, we get a sense of how magnificent God is. We get to know God. And if we get to know God, then we know that we can trust Him. If we really comprehend the fact that He is holding the universe in His one hand, if we can comprehend the fact that we are sinners and God has sent His Son to die and to make a way for us, if we really comprehend that by reading the Scriptures, then it becomes easier to trust God in situations where it, where it seems where it seems hopeless do you know that we can ask god for for faith there's a, a, a event in the bible and we don't have to put it up it's fine there's an event in the bible where the guy brings his boy to to jesus and then he says to jesus if you can please heal my son Please heal this boy. And Jesus asks him, he questions him. He says, if I can. And then he says, I know you can. Help my unbelief. There are times where God lifts our feet up and you're just like, God, what are you doing now? But I'm going to trust you. Lord, give me more faith. We can't have faith. We can't generate faith out of our flesh. We can't. We need the faith that we have is given to us by God. We can ask him, Lord, give me faith for this situation. Give me faith for this situation. I'm going in for a job interview or I have an illness. I need your healing. I don't have, give me faith for this situation. The third thing, guys, we need to share our testimonies. People are encouraged by testimonies. Like, you're undead. The testimony gives people, just encourages people, just helps people to like, if, if God can do it for your hand, then he can surely do it for me as well. And so we need to listen to testimonies and we need to share our testimonies. You're not bragging about what God has done for you. You're giving people faith. You're encouraging people. You say, you, you, tell, you tell other people, who am I? Like David says, like, who am I that you are mindful of me? Who am I that God will do this to me? Surely I can do it to you too. And then the last thing, and this is a difficult one, is to exercise our faith. And I refer back to James 1 verse 2 to 4. It says, count it all joy when you suffer, when you go through trials of various kinds. Because that produces something in you. It produces a steadfastness in you. So that, beautiful promise, so that you can be complete lacking in nothing i don't know about you but i don't want to lack in anything i want to be perfect i want to be the perfect father i want to be the perfect husband i want to be the perfect pastor to you guys i want you all to to just to and i'm not there yet but i, I 
So God, please bring the, please bring the suffering. Please bring the, the, the correction, the, the convictions. So that I can be perfect, lacking in nothing. So with every eye closed, before I came to Christ, I tried everything in my ability to be this perfect person, to be a great husband, to be a great student, to be a great son. I made a mess of it. I made a mess of it. So is there any one of you that just realized that I have a problem and I can't seem to find a solution for my problem? This morning I want to tell you that you have a problem. We all have a problem. We have a massive problem. And we can't fix it. There's only one person that can fix it. And that is Jesus Christ. I think it's John MacArthur. He says, Because of our sin, we are enemies of God. And we need to be saved by God. Like, uh, like Romans, it says, we are, we are enemies of God. We are like... Sin will destroy you. Sin leads to death. We are in conflict with God. But there's a way to be in reconciliation with God, to be in, to be in harmony with God. So is there any one of you that feels like in that place of hopelessness where you're like, I've been trying to do this thing for a long time now and I, I, my life is just a mess. And I want to hand over. I can clearly remember the day where I made this decision. It felt like a mountain fell off of my shoulders. I felt this deep, this deep, deep sense of, thank you, Lord. I don't have to do this anymore. Thank you, Lord. I don't have to carry this weight anymore. Is there any one of you that that would like to make that decision this morning. Awesome. For the rest of you, can I ask you to, to respond boldly now, not to, like, all, all eyes are closed. Don't worry about the guy next to you. Don't worry about what people will think of you. My question this morning, and I would like you to respond. Don't let pride come in the way. Do you feel that your faith is wavering? That's the one question. Do you feel, is there any one of you feels like I'm just struggling to find faith for whatever I'm going through? The second question is, do you rely too much on your comfort zones? God is asking you to step out. Maybe God is asking you to, to join the worship team or join Kids Church or maybe share the gospel at work or whatever and you're just like lord i can't do it and you rely too heavily on your comfort zones and the last one is do you trust in your own ability and you struggle to trust god I'm not going to ask you to stand i'm just going to ask you if you if, if that is speaking to some of you will you just Raise your hand. I can see where you are. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, you saw every hand that went up, Lord. You saw every hand, Father God. I pray that you would touch them now, Father. You are the, you are the perfect, perfect husband, Lord. You're the perfect father, Lord. You dance with us, Lord, and you will never, ever let us fall, Father God. Father, I pray that you will give them faith, Lord, I pray that you would do whatever you want to do, Father God, to get them, those that responded, every one of us, Lord, bring us closer to you, Father God. Thank you, Father, that you are super patient and you are super kind, Father God. Come touch our hearts right now. I do feel that we need to go back to that song, that Make Room song, Wilma. Please. And so... So when, when, you, when you consider, when you sing this song again, consider the words. And don't actually just sing the song. Look at the words. It says, make room. Can you, um, Amy, can you put up the words for us? Do whatever you want to do, and I will make room for you. I'm asking you guys, don't, if you're not prepared to make room for God, don't sing this song. Don't just sing the song for singing the song. I'm actually going to, actually not going to ask you to stand i'm actually going to ask you just to sit there and and just consider what you are singing as the worship team sings over you and and i want you to do business with god i want you to repent if you need to repent and and i will be in front and donnie's in front and if you if you need somebody to come and pray for you or um yeah you're more than welcome to come to the front